Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And I'm going to go ahead and set the scene. Right now, Dr. Debbie is chowing down or drinking a drink, I guess it's kombucha, is that what you call that? Kombucha, yeah, it's a fabulous fermented drink that's got a little bit of nauseating kind of vinegar to it. <laughs> Any alcohol in it? Is this a, a, a uh, well? There te- technically, there's a warning on there, yeah. Uh-huh. So, but it, you know, it's not like you drink it to get you know lit. Oh. It's just, it's just a natural process of the fermentation it releases alcohols. Can I just say it looks absolutely disgusting? <laughs> It is. There's a sludge at the bottom, and so you gotta kind of like stir it. But that's where the good stuff's at. You want that. Yeah. Are there any uh, redeeming factors of kombucha for animals? Can uh, can animals drink kombucha? You know, because of the alcohol in there, I've never heard of it actually being safe for for dogs. But you know, if we could develop one for dogs, that would be appropriate. I guess the first thing would be would they like it? Because most kombuchas are kind of citrusy flavored, or they have like you know um, different kind of additives to them that may not be appealing on the canine palate. So we might have to find ways to make that a doggy attractant. I don't know. So there's no beef or chicken kombucha? Heck no! I wouldn't drink that. <laughs> is, is it is it good? Do you drink it because it's good for you? Yeah, it's, it's got a lot of uh, live um, bacterial cultures that are good for your digestive tract. Oh. So you, it's actually, in my opinion, it's better than yogurt because you can't get this amount of active cultures from just eating the yogurt without the calories. This is awesome stuff. It's like 50 to 60 calories okay, so for a bottle. What about probiotics for pets? Because there's lots of those out there. That's true. Yeah. And you know, I think that there's a lot of probiotics out there. We just don't really know what cultures are necessarily the best cultures for dogs or cats or people even. I think they're still really looking at that and seeing. Plus, there's the, the problem of getting the 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 probiotic in through the digestive tract and not have it digested. So there's got to be this kind of, um, it gets past the stomach and can actually do its work in the digestive tract. So not all probiotics are the same. So where do you get this? Do you make it or do you buy it? Some people make it, and uh, but I just buy it um, at the health food store, the grocery store. You can buy it everywhere now, um, well, but it's it's definitely good for the gut and you know part of your immune system. So it's uh, it's good for everything. I'm thinking about six years ago when you first came on to Animal Radio. You used to come in with a diet, <laughs> yeah. diet Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi one. one. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I've kind of evolved, I'd say. Things have changed. You know who we're going to have on the show today is a lady who makes cocktails for animals. For dogs and cats. Oh, okay. I, I, I know this. It sounds a little strange to me. Alcoholic? Uh, well, it's a pet winery, and I don't think there's any alcohol involved No, there's whatsoever. no alcohol in it. I have a Fetch Me Noir. And it looks like a bottle of wine. It really does. I have a Meowsling. And that Meowsling looks like Ooh. one of those little shots that you'd get on the airplane. Yeah. And I also have a Burgundy, <laughs> a Fetch great. Me Grigio. <laughs> Wow. A dog Jeez. teeny, a cat teeny. A dog teeny and a cat teeny. Yeah, got I everything. Just, I don't understand. If so it's... you can include your pets if you're having a, a party and oh. do it in a safe way. Okay. Exactly. So for the holidays are coming up, you can pour a little martini glass with a little bit of the puppy liquor in there, and it'd be a safe alternative. <laughs> they even have a bark brew, if you know a if your dog brew. likes prefers beer, beer instead. So well, this talk... is Barktober, right? There you go. <laughs> we're going to talk to this lady who's invented this stuff. Is that correct? She's yes. coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. What are you working on over there in the newsroom, Lori? Uh, got a, a very interesting story. How you 
you could think you have food poisoning, but it's really your puppy that's making you sick. Okay, it's your turn to reach out to Dr. Debbie right now in this portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, Ted, how you doing? Hey, fine, how are you? Good, where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Los Angeles. The L.A. area, listening on Coast. How can we help you? The whole team is here for you. Oh, thank you so much. I've got the problem with my dog. I've got a, a pit bull that was left me. Uh, that was somebody my daughter was going to sell, and she hadn't sold it, and I've had the dog for years now. And I can't get him to stop digging the backyard up every day. Uh, it's a nightmare. Okay. And I've had yeah. to put junk it back there to just cover the ground up because you know it's, it's a uh it was grass back there and everything but then with the dog it's just dirt and you know and everywhere there's a, a spot he just and of course now i understand he's trying to get cool that's his nature to try to dig a spot and get some cool ground so i let brush grow up little wild trees are growing up to give him coverage and stuff but every day there's this digging thing man you go back there you could break your ankle or your neck you know with a new hole and it's like, yeah. wow, how do I stop this? There's dust everywhere. I know it's just, what can you do? Okay, well, well, uh, I think you got some great insight into, you know, why he may be doing this. And the important thing to realize is digging is a natural instinct that dogs have. So yeah. can we stop it? No, we can't stop it completely. It's mm-hmm. it's innate. It's something that they desire to do. And a lot of times there's different reasons why dogs will dig. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, you know, keeping cool. Um, yeah. So a lot of dogs will do that because that first couple inches of uh, soil, it's actually cooler underneath there. Yeah, so they'll exactly. do that to keep cool. Other dogs, um, you know, I see some dogs where there could be problems with, say, uh, little critters, uh, whether they be mice or moles, and they're actually hearing things and picking up on things, smelling things, and yeah. Um, to get to may- yeah. So you kind of have to look at what potentially might be causing your dog to do that. And if it's just the solely staying cool, then we look at making alternative ways to keep our pet cool in an outdoor situation. Now, if it's something like the critters, you do your best to try to, you know, pest control. Um, other things that would be boredom. Some dogs, if we just keep them in the backyard and leave them to their own defenses, they're going to find things to do. And digging is fun. It's just, it's a fun thing to do yeah. if you're a dog. So well, it's kind of rewarding. All the above reasons, you know. Okay. Uh, but uh, the, the other thing is, see, I can't. Every time I put a collar on him and try to put a leash on him, he won't mm-hmm. budge. He won't mm-hmm. move. He's just stuck okay. frozen. It. So I went wherever she got the dog from. It seemed like he had been traumatized or something because okay. when I put a collar on him or a leash on him, I mean, he fights. And he's a, he's a pit bull. He, he's he's not a fighter. I, he has the instinct, but yeah. I don't. I've never let him fight. Okay. okay, so he's not. Does, he's a loving dog. He's got so much affection. Every time I come out, I get licked to death just to oh. feed him. You know, it's just like, wow, come on, dog, chill. You know. Okay. Now, and does he pretty much stay outside at all times, or is he an indoor dog? No, okay. no, he's not. No, uh, not indoor. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to drop, I'm going to drop the bomb on you here, Ted, because in the situation you're in right now, it's going to be very hard 
to stop this behavior um, from, yeah. from him uh-huh. being destructive. Because the things that I really recommend, so when we have a dog that's having problem digging, number uh-huh. one is we don't want them to be unsupervised in the environment um, because they're going to go dig and they're going to keep yeah. digging because it's kind of self-rewarding. So we try yeah. to supervise them, limit their access. And then, um, so that may mean for some folks, they may put cement down and, or maybe use fencing to kind of or isolate off the parts of it. Yeah. To, in an area where he can't do as much damage. Right. And then you can still have other times when you work on training in those other areas of the yard and supervising him. But if you're just not there, you can't expect to get a handle on this. So you do no. have to have some means to kind of um, control him there. Well, he now the other th- when I'm looking. When I'm there, he doesn't, he doesn't do it. He's smart. He oh, sure. Smart oh, yeah. Yeah. You well, know, and there's... I'm gone, it's like, okay. You know, and then he used to just sneak out the gate. I'd open the gate or something to take the trash out. And he would, you know, but I've got control of that. You know, I'd look at him yeah. and say, look, man. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I was going to mention is that, we, you know, we can try to work on his activity level. It's tough if you've got a dog that's not leash trained. So that would be something to maybe enlist the help of a trainer to get him comfortable being on a leash. But yeah. short of that, you know, getting him to play ball in the yard where you're trying to wear him out. Um, dogs, Some dogs um, love swimming, um, doing other athletic things, catching frisbee. I wish frisbee. I had that big of a yard, you know, <laughs> for the organic garden yeah. back there, but I can't. Yeah, you know. well, and... And that was going to be one of my other things is there's things we can do as people that worsen this problem. So number one is if you have a problem dog with digging, never garden in front of them. It sounds silly, but they learn by be watching us. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we also, you know, I'm going to dig over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I there's a lot of folks that sometimes will use things like manure or bone meal in their yard if they are putting plantings down. So well, you want to put his own poop in, in, in the hole, you know, and that helps for a while. Yeah, and that was actually going to be one of my suggestions is if yeah, there's just a few a spots. You know, but he yeah. finds another spot, and I just can't, oh, I mean, all over, he's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. He's so, yeah, some of the... Some of the ways that we can try to deter, if it's just like maybe a few token areas, would be uh-huh. to put put their feces in there. Or yeah. um, you can actually take chicken wire and bury that a few inches under the ground oh, okay. and put soil on top of it. And it's just a, a mild deterrent in a, a yeah. select area. So it can't, yeah. you know, obviously you can't chicken wire your whole yeah, yard. Whole yard yeah. But that can be one other solution there. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I do have some people that have, we have, can have great success with giving the dog a proper outlet where you want him to dig. So rather than say, let's take this instinct and shut it off, which we know ain't going to happen, let's give you a good spot to do this where we give you treats and we reward you for doing that. And yeah. um, a sandbox or maybe like a kiddie pool that you put dirt in and yeah. then periodically kind of bait it with toys or treats underneath that. And then you have to reward him. You know, you can't just leave it there. You have to give him some kind of reward for using that location for digging. And the idea is he learns that this is where I'm going to do this and have fun. And those other areas are, you know, I don't get anything out of it. So um, it does take you, it does take you kind of taking the lead and being a supervisor on this project. Okay. All right. Well, those are helpful suggestions. I'm going to try something. I got to keep trying something. Absolutely. So yeah. and I don't want to get rid of him. He's a he's a good dog. He's a good family dog. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's not aggressive like that. 
He's a good um, watchdog, though, because he alarms me and lets me know when anybody's near the house. But he's not aggressive. He won't attack. You say boo, and he, he gets out of the <laughs> way, you know. Yeah. Well, he sounds like he's a trusted family member, so uh, oh, good luck great, with things, Ted. He's a great dog, man. Thank you so much. Keep us posted. Let us know how that goes there, Ted. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Wait, I forget where I am. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. I love that. Hey, hey, this is Paula Poundstone on Animal Radio. Spay and neuter your pets or we're going to be eaten alive. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals and for the environment. This is Animal Radio, baby. We are just moments away from talking to the lady at the pet winery. That makes uh, non-alcoholic drinks, cocktails for your pets. Mocktails, I believe is what they call them. Barktails. Barktails. I've actually sampled right here the uh, Burgundy wine. This is a wine, uh, cat wine. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> I certainly want to know what my pet is drinking before I give it to them. As soon as I'm done with it, of course, I'm going to share it with, with all my cats if there's any left. It actually tastes pretty good. What is that? Beet juice? What is that? Tino Judy? Uh, it's me. on there, but I, I don't know if that's... It's salmon oil catnip wow mm, no wonder you like it it is good you are part cat i am it's that's, the weed he likes isn't it yeah i think so well you know that's why dr debbie's drinking the kombucha she just loves grass <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> i don't know where you get this stuff <laughs> we are all rotten today yes, sir. um coming up um got a story on uh, some research that's coming out about how we are with our pets so American pets, are they getting bigger or smaller? We'll tell you about that. And who is a more progressive pet owner nowadays? Who's catching up, men or women? Ooh, ooh. I like it better when women win, so consider that. Really? So do I. <laughs> <laughs> women, women always win. So what's your point, Joey? They're the fairer you, you guys always win. It yeah. don't matter. You win always. Yeah. Hey, Debbie. Hi, how are you? How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a question for Dr. Debbie. Um, okay. Just to, a, just to give you a little brief history, I have an eight-year-old pure black shepherd named Z. Since she's been spaded, she's been a very picky eater. She looks at food as if it's poison at time, even if it's a steak. 
Um, recently, um, within the last five months, I've been separated, and she's been back and forth. And in that duration, um, about a month ago, she had to have a toe removed due to cancer. And, th- and now I notice she's becoming very nervous. Obviously, then the, the, the eating situation has gotten even worse. Um, so I'm asking your advice on, even if I cook food for her, I have to hand feed her. And forget mixing dog food with her. And I'm concerned for her health at this point. So um, any suggestions on how to get her to eat or go back to dog food? Well, I guess you mentioned that she's a bit anxious now. Has she always been an anxious dog? Not as bad as she is now. Like where I'm staying right now, there's a yard, and she loves being outside, and I can't get her to go out there unless I go out with her, you know. She's jumping at every little wind that blows and branch that falls and... So I think it has to do with the situation, you know, on top of her being sick and back and forth to the vet for the last two months. So, Oh, yeah. Now, I guess um, whatever it takes for her to eat as she's recuperating from an illness, those situations, I'm pretty liberal. And, you know, we have to feed the body. So, you know, if the appetite is off because we're on medication or we're recovering from an illness, you know, first and foremost, we want to feed the pet. And then if we're established and we're in a healthy body state, then we can talk about playing a little tough love and, you know, whether or not we need to focus on just getting onto a dog food or just just entertaining her appetite uh, quirks, if you will. I don't mind but how do I know what is an uh, appropriate balanced meal, I guess? You won't, and that's the problem. Okay. Is that even even myself, I can't tell you how much chicken to mix with rice to add a supplement. It is a very complicated thing as far as creating a balanced diet. Now, a lot of people can say they cook for their dogs, but is it really balanced? And that's really for a veterinary nutritionist to say. So I guess my first concern is you said she had some bone cancer in her toe. I would want to make sure we really have a clean bill of health and that everything is okay. They felt they got What's the that? whole thing that it was, they felt they got the whole uh, tumor that it was confined. Okay. And, you know, there are some varieties of uh, bony tumors that can spread. So, you know, it's always a wise thing to check chest x-rays, make sure we're really good all the way around. And if we are and she's being fussy, you know, I would still like to see you get some kind of a dog food in her. If she's opposed to that and she would prefer human variety foods, then I kind of go meet them halfway. And I will go for a gravy style or a stew style. Things that look like human food, smell like human food, but yet we know are balanced for dogs. If she continues to still not eat for you, I'm still going to be concerned that there might not be something right in her medical world. And that will be my first thought that I'm going to go back to. If she doesn't eat and we think she is healthy and that she is cancer-free, then if she doesn't eat for the day, I'm not going to panic. Um, now, if you want to try doing some home cooking, um, a good resource to look into is actually there's a book by a doctor, um, Dr. Stromback, and it's the Home Prepared Dog and Cat Diets, and it gives you more specific guidance on amounts, different ingredients, and then different health conditions that we might need to feed for. So that might be a resource to check out there, Debbie, and see if you want to go that Debbie. route. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. Okay. Um, and what do you think about the situation? You think back and forth is okay for dogs? I know kids do it, so. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, as far as with the divorce situation, right? Yeah. Okay. 
In many cases, it is fine. I have had dogs where this is a big upset for them, that it takes them a while to readjust to the, the change from going from one house to, household to the other. Um, but I've had other pets where it works perfectly fine. So if it does seem that her appetite is really bad after the immediate transition going back and forth, then it might look to maybe make an agreement where either she can stay at one residence longer or that we make a choice for the pet's best interest. So um, I have had that happen before and I actually got in the middle of a, a divorce proceeding because I had to kind of counsel and, and help the dog uh, get through some of the problems she had and uh, so yeah and, and I always say what is best for the dog so if you need to make that call gotta do it. Thanks for your call <laughs> Debbie You're listening to Animal Radio Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800 472 658 That's 800-472-0658. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Uh, before we start this first story, let's do a quick science refresher. Very okay, quick. Okay. Um, Campylobacter. Sound familiar? <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't say what I do. It's a, a group of bacteria usually associated with food poisoning. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. Campylobacter comes from the feces of warm-blooded animals and poultry that people eat. Um So a dog is a warm-blooded animal, right? So we're including that here. Campylobacter is usually killed by cooking and hand-washing. So, you know, pretty simple. Just, you know, think food poisoning. But when you hear about the Campylobacter outbreak associated with puppies sold at Petland stores, it's the humans that have handled these puppies that are getting sick. Kind of strange, huh? No cows or chickens here. But so far, more than 55 people in 12 states have been diagnosed in this outbreak, which is so serious that at least a quarter of the patients have been hospitalized. And now the Centers for Disease Control knows why this outbreak is so severe and really kind of different. These puppies are infected with Campylobacter. That is antibiotic-resistant. So when the people who handled them got sick with gastritis, you know, stomach cramping and vomiting and diarrhea, the typical antibiotic pills that kill the bacteria didn't work. So states that have been linked to this outbreak are numerous, including Florida, Kansas, Maryland, Missouri, New Hampshire, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Utah, Wisconsin, and Wyoming with, uh, by the way, Ohio having by far the majority of these cases. And of the 55 people we know that have been infected, the CDC says 
14 of them are actually employees of Petland. And 35 people either recently purchased a puppy at Petland, visited a Petland store, or have been in a home that had one of those puppies before they got sick. So most people with a Campylobacter infection develop symptoms about two to five days after they're exposed to that bacteria. Symptoms usually last about a week, include uh, what could be bloody diarrhea, and often is, uh, fever, stomach cramps, nausea, and vomiting. Think about the last time you had food poisoning like that. So, yeah, like many health problems, Campylobacter can be very dangerous for the very young, the elderly, pregnant women, and those with a weakened immune system. Here's what you need to know to stay safe. The CDC recommends that everybody wash your hands thoroughly after touching dogs, touching their poop, or their food. Now, not that you go around touching the poop, but do be aware that dog fur can have microscopic Campylobacter bacteria on it. All of it's pretty much microscopic, but it can be on their fur. Pick up poop and throw it away, especially in areas where children play, and contact your veterinarian if you notice any signs of illness in your puppy or dog. Any questions? That sounds like serious stuff. I guess stay away from Petland. But you know what? Right now, well, they were kind of, um, the CDC came out with their warning. And then Petland said, it's not proven that the uh, Campylobacter outbreak is, is um, you know, linked to them. But the CDC says, uh, yeah, it pretty well proves it. You know, when you, you know, 14 of your employees have it. And that's 14 employees in five different states. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that kind of seals the deal. Yeah. All right. Millennials or Generation Y, those who were born between 1982 and 2004. They are so fast changing the world of pets. And there's a lot of new research out on millennials and their pets because, frankly, they're the ones who are driving all of this change in the pet world because they are the future of most of the money that will be made by those who are doing all this research. So here's some of the latest of what's been found. Our pet dogs are getting bigger. 50% of millennials now own a medium-sized dog, compared with 34% of owners who are in an older generation, like baby boomers say. New York Times did an article, it was a long time ago, and it it was called The American Pet. And they showed The American Pet from 1960 all the way, when I read the article, I think it was like 2005. And they showed how how things changed. Now, it's funny because it was like me growing up in my household and we were pet lovers. But if you look at, you know, how we treated our pets then as a pet lover, it was almost borderline abusive where (laughs) as of today, because the pet stayed out on a leash outside a long time, wasn't around allowed around the dinner table, wasn't allowed on the bed. And, um, you know, I mean, he was fed and, and, and taken care of, but not comp- – I mean, today, you know, you see a pet on a, on, on a leash in a backyard, you, you know, you're calling somebody saying that that dog is out there. And then it became where, you know, mom and dad um, both had to work and less kids, more pets, and then, you know, now we're buying pets, um, you know, expensive toys and, 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 and gourmet foods, and they're sleeping in the bed, and, and it's just, just a total turnaround. Uh, pet ownership is becoming more balanced now between men and women. More millennial dog owners now are male, almost 40%, compared with older dog owners, about 30%. And more millennial cat owners these days are male as well, 
46% of them compared with older cat owners. And according to the American Pet Products Association, millennials are now the largest segment of pet owners bar none. And research shows they invest more time in their pets, evaluating their pets' needs more thoroughly and thus spending more money. They're also, unlike us, um, older generations, or unlike we older generations, that um, might start using a product and go, oh, this is a pain, and then you stop using it. These guys are really dedicated to their pets. The millennials are because the pets are really their children. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hey folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. Alan Cable, welcome to another mess. Let's start it off right with your beer news watch. Beer for dogs? We plan on getting a Rottweiler. Well, any bet will tell you, dogs should never be given beer. Their livers don't metabolize alcohol the same way we do. And things like hops can hurt many dogs. It's sad that dogs up until this point couldn't enjoy beer, but a company called Wolf and Brew released a beer specifically for dogs. Are you ready to enjoy one with your dog? I'm just in my boxers right now. <laughs> this stuff has no alcohol or hops or carbonation. It's easy and safe for dogs to digest. So now you can share a beer with your best buddy. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, the biggest reason your pet may be obese. Now, I know we've all heard about the pet obesity epidemic by now, and it's scary to think that the numbers continue to grow each year. Nearly 59% of cats and 54% of dogs are considered overweight or obese. Now, this probably shouldn't surprise us, but it does. And it's a huge problem that has to be addressed because of its overwhelming negative ramifications to our beloved pet. Now, some of the many issues that arise from overweight and obese pets include reduced lifespans, reduced quality of life, chronic inflammation, orthopedic disease, kidney dysfunction, cancers, and so much more. In fact, we're seeing illnesses that most pet parents are surprised to hear that pets can actually have, including pet diabetes and high blood pressure and so much more. But if you think about asking the body to overwork itself every day, it's easy to understand that every extra pound adds extra problems. So how do you know if your pet is overweight or obese? For dogs and cats, there are some easy signs to see if you're observant. For dogs, you should be able to see and feel the outline of your dog's ribs without excess fat covering them. And for cats, you should be able to see and feel your cat's ribs, spine, and hip bones without much pressure. And from above, your dog or your cat, you should be able to see their waist clearly defined. And from below, you should not see sagging. Now, there are many factors as to why your pet might be overweight or obese. And they include pets' natural factors like genetics, breed, sex, age, and whether or not they've been neutered. All of these things can have a huge impact on your pet's potential for obesity. But then there's the biggest reason that your pet may be obese. And I know we don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. The biggest reason your pet may be obese is you. From food choices to the amount of food and treats to exercise habits and more, it's heartbreaking to admit because more times than not it's done out of love or just not knowing. We can greatly impact the health and well-being of our pets with better nutrition, better exercise, and better understanding. So take a minute for the sake of your beloved pet and assess what stage is your dog or cat at. 
And I can't stress this enough. Whatever you do, it must be sustainable. Doing something for a week or two just isn't enough. And if you're not sure where to start, look for a pet nutritionist, a pet exercise group, or other resources who are out there and only too happy to help you get your pet back into better shape. Don't be the biggest reason that your pet is obese. Be the biggest reason that your pet lives a long, healthy, happy, and fulfilling life. Share your ways to a healthy pet stories on our Animal Radio Facebook page. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143-800-689-0143-800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA, and when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. It is Animal Radio, and time for another in the Fear Free Expert Series. We have Mikkel Becker joining us. Hi, Mikkel. How are you doing? Hi, Al. I'm doing great. Great to hear from you. You know, I wanted to introduce you using all of the uh, the letters that come after your name, which is like CBCC-KA, <laughs> comma, KPA, CTP, CDBC, CPDT, KACTC. Uh, in a nutshell, what is all of that? Oh, gosh. Well, I have a a few different certifications as a a dog behavior counselor, as well as a Karen Pryor certified training partner. And I have certifications through different dog training organizations like the Association of Pet Dog Trainers as both a behavior counselor and a dog trainer. So I've been very, very, very blessed to be able to have that kind of of educational experience and it's just something where i feel like you can never learn enough there's just so much to learn and isn't that amazing i think one of the biggest and most important certifications that you have would be the fear-free certification yes definitely how do you get a fearful pet to the vet yeah yeah. that's a big that's a big problem big hurdle for us that is a very big hurdle and you know there i wouldn't say that there's one way that's just the one the one quick fix it really depends upon the animal and figuring out what it is that's, that's distressing for them. So for some animals, a lot of them, especially for cats, it's the carrier. The carrier itself <laughs> is very scary, very concerning. And one of the best things that we can do is actually make that carrier more comforting to that animal. So trying to pair it with lots of positives, having it out as that fun, frequent furniture 
or what I would call furniture, where it's just something that our cat just wants to go there and hang out. Versus we take it out from the closet and it's like, uh uh-oh, something bad's going to happen. That's a great idea because, you know, when I do pull it out of the closet, Uh, the cat just runs. But uh, if I pull it out when I'm not going to the vet and put it like in the corner and maybe put a blanket and some treats on it, is that what you're suggesting? Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Make it make it just like your cat's regular bed, the place that they like to hang out in. And, and you want it to be a, a big surprise of what's going to be in there. So you can have little Hansel and Gretel type treat trails or toy, toy type trails leading in there. Or as you mentioned, cat nips or cat like that. Have lots of really fun draws in that area so your cat wants to go inside. And you, you can almost make it like a cardboard box. Cats love boxes and they love to hide and love to feel feel secure where they have comfort on all sides. You can actually use that natural tendency in the way of getting them more comfortable with their carrier before you actually have to use it. There are many veterinarians that are certified by Fear Free. What is the method uh, that Fear Free teaches veterinary professionals how to handle clients' pets? So the biggest thing is really attending to that, that animal's body language and figuring out how stressed they are. And of course, our, those animals are not going to be as comfortable in a lot of situations, like during a procedure, is they may be just at home, like just crashed out on the couch and they're just super, super relaxed. Maybe they won't be at that, to that degree of relaxation. But what we do want from them, although sometimes that definitely does happen, it happens more often than, than you, you would ever even guess. It's really neat. But what we really want to see is that pet in a, in a, a really comfortable state. So we don't want to see any elevated degree of stress. And if we do see that, what we do is we attend to those signs and try and get get the animal to feel more comfortable. So it might be working with them in a, in a way that they are most comfortable with. So rather than invading their space, for instance, or going right up to that dog, maybe in, and maybe they're hiding underneath the chair, seeing if there's a way that we can get the dog to come out on their own and actually setting up the areas that the animal actually naturally just gravitates to the area of care, such as with cats, for instance, we may even have a slightly warm towel that we place up on the counter area or on the scales. The cat naturally just wants to go to that area. That can be really helpful. And what we do is we just attend to their emotional state. So there are different levels, uh, different fear, anxiety, and stress levels that we attend to. We are with Mikkel Becker. She's the lead trainer for Fear Free Pets. What are some simple methods of gentle control that we can use as pet owners? the biggest ones is that a lot of times it's a big surprise and all of a sudden hands reach and, and touch the animal. It can be, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed that when you go to pet your dog or your cat, if they don't know you're coming, it can be like, whoa, and so they kind of might jump back. One thing that we can do is we can actually give them a cue to tell them that we're going to pet them. So a lot of times I'll just use the general word pet. And then what I do is I start off in an area where the animal is comfortable. So for cats, that's the difference in handling between cats and dogs. Cats, I'll usually go towards their cheek area and put my hand out and let them naturally rub into my hand or start in a more neutral area, such as um, right right up behind their ears, for instance. Whereas for a dog, that neutral area is usually around their chest area or the side of their shoulder. And once we, we've initiated that first touch, and a lot of times we're, we're getting treats with it, so we're, we're making it a positive, then we can start to slide to those other areas that we want to handle. So rather than just immediately going for your dog's paws or your cat's paws for a nail trim. Instead, what we can do is we can, we can use our keywords such as pet and start in that comfort area, comfortable area where the animal is okay being touched and then slide down to that other area versus putting your hands off and on the animal. You want to almost think of it like a massage where the masseuse keeps one hand on you as they do the massage. 
And so it's less of a surprise when they move because you have an idea of where they're going, just like how you would handle a horse or walk around a horse. We mm. keep your hand on them. We can do the same exact thing with our dogs and cats, and it's very helpful. And it's less of a surprise, more predictable, and we can make it a big positive for them. Great ideas, great tips. Can we find more at the website? Absolutely. Go to fearfreepets.com and fearfreehappyhomes.com. And we put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Thank you so much, Mikkel, for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's such a joy. I love it. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls next. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you just tuned in, you are so lucky this hour. We're going to talk to the lady who's invented dog wine and cat wine. Uh, She has a pet winery. In fact, that's the name of her company is called Pet Winery. And she feels that, yeah, you should sit down and enjoy a cocktail uh, an adult beverage for yourself and one of these with your pet. It it now, provides. Do you get down on the floor and like lap sure. it out of the bowl. Absolutely, too, or... it's a great bonding experience. <laughs> okay, absolutely. I don't think so. No way. What do you mean you don't? Oh. I'm not going to get on my hands and knees and drink it like my dog's bowl at that level. Well, what do you expect them to sit up at the, the I, bar stool? I agree with Debbie. Yeah, yeah. Are, are, we had a cat that would sit at the table on his little bar stool. We'd put his bar stool at the table, and he'd what, sit there every night. You know, I'm just trying to encourage bonding with your animal. That's all. If it if you're on all fours on the floor, if they're up at the bar stool, wherever it is, this is a great way to share, uh, like an after hard day at work or a hard day bone finding. Uh, hard day of digging. But you're the yeah. one, Hal. Who hard day of that digging. Cat, <laughs> that cat licky sticky tongue thing for bonding. So. Yeah, that too. It's right up your alley. I yeah. still use that. It's right here in the studio. The little uh, cat tongue, I put it right on. This is great. What I'm going to do after the show later today is put the cat tongue on, uh, give the cat a little licky. (laughs) While they have their cat teeny. That's really troubling. That's all I can say. Troubling. Oh, you folks. You love your animals just as much as I do. And you probably do crazy things that you don't admit to it. Especially you, Dr. Debbie. So what's your point, Hal? So we're going to talk to the lady who's invented this pet wine this hour right here on Animal Radio. And we're also going to take your calls up next. And then we're just about 20 minutes or so away from a check from our Animal Radio newsroom with Miss Lori Brooks. What do you have for this hour? Well, we used to talk about, we heard this a lot, uh, caregiver burnout. You know, when we're taking care of our elderly parents and things like that. Uh-huh. 
now we have, you know, like everything, research has moved into uh, the pet world and what can happen to you? What are the effects of you taking care of a pet that is unwell? We'll find out. I think I may know. Mm, I do too. Yeah. yeah, I think we've all been there, done yeah. that. Okay. Still doing it. Was that, that was sounded like a little uh, kombucha burp that you had there. <laughs> and excuse me, I was trying to be discreet. <laughs> I'm a lady. <laughs> Every bit of lady with some great ideas. In fact, we were just talking about how we, we have four lines in the studio. So we go mm. to lines one through four, but you were thinking we should change it up and either increase the numbers or give them, what, what was your idea? Well, I think we just need to like be a little bit more math conscious because, you know, it's all about science, technology, and math. We're trying to encourage the today's youth in using those science and math skills. So why don't we just kind of add extra numbers? So we'll do multiples of four. <laughs> so next week we'll do five, six, seven, eight will be the lines, and then we'll go up and up and up in the numbers, and, and we'll get up to something like 57, and then we got to figure out which line it is by doing our math skills. So we're encouraging next generation's youth in science, technology, and math. I bet you were... You know, you were uh, pretty popular in high school, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was actually interviewed not long ago for a um, an interview about veterinary medicine, uh-huh. and it was for the STEM um, group that encourages uh, you know children to get involved in all these different areas. And um, you know, I, I'm very passionate about it. I, I've always been kind of a geek. I love this stuff. That's yeah. why I am what I am. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe I wasn't the cheerleader or the most popular, but I had a blast. And I love learning, and I love what I do. It works. It's contagious. It, it really is. Um, Have you been rolling in catnip, Dr. I think, it, I think it might be the, the kombucha. Kombucha. <laughs> it could be. It is quite effervescent. It makes me very bubbly. We're gonna be, next week, we're going to do algebra questions before we go on air. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that sounds yes. like fun. Hey, if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, here is your chance. Save what, us. She knows anything about your animals. She is... She is not only the vet that we have here on the air, of course, she is our veterinarian, our personal veterinarian, and we trust her implicitly with your animals and our animals. Hey, Robert, where are you calling from today? Chicago, Illinois. Is it a windy city today? No, it's, it's not windy today. It's, it's fine. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful place. Okay, well, I got the good doctor right here. What's going on? Well, we have a dog and a miniature pincher and a cat. The dog is traveling with me. I'm, I'm a truck driver, so the whole week I'm, I'm gone with the dog. And okay. uh, when when I come back on the, on the weekend, the the cat is peeing in a in a dog's bed. And for in like the dog's last, bed. I don't know, maybe month or something like that. We we didn't have that problem problem before, but just just last month that that started to happen. And the cat cat uh, it was she she sick, so I don't know what what we could do. Okay, so just so I'm clear, when you're away, the dog is with you, and the cat's yes. fine, but when you return home with the dog, the cat is urinating in the dog's bed or your bed? In the dog's bed. In the dog's bed. And this only yes. is when the dog is returned to the house? Yes. Oh, that sounds naughty. <laughs> what a naughty kitty. <laughs> you know, when, when we come back, you know, dog, dog is after, after being uh, five days in the truck, he's, he wants to play with, the, with my daughter. And uh, the, he wants to play with the cat. When before I started to drive, you know, the, doing the trucking, they they were home all the time and they were playing, you know, without the problems. They are together for like four, four or five years. So 
I mm-hmm. started driving a year ago, and and that and the the, the trouble started last last month with the, with the cat. We we were not sure what what we can okay. do and why. All right. Happening. Well, I, I think a lot of this is going to be driven out of marking um, territories and resources. And, and and I laugh because it's such a naughty kitty. It just seems like such a blatant thing, like saying, this is mine. This is my spot. And, you know, you may be back, but this is still my spot. So some of the things that I might ask you to do may be a little bit challenging. Um, now, when, um, when your dog is around, um, where does your cat eat? Uh, where does he eat? Yeah, where's the your cat's food bowl? Um, we have a cradle for a for a cat because she's scratching the furniture a little bit, and we have a lot of furniture, so we put her for a night in uh, into her trail, and that's that's where her uh, food is. But okay, uh, so- you know, the the dog is eating the the cat food sometimes uh, also. Okay. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> they definitely do. Yeah. Okay, so this, there's a couple things I would have you do. Now, one of the things that you can do when your dog is away is I'd like you to start feeding your cat inside the dog's bed. So okay. actually put the food inside the bed in a bowl, um, not just laying in the bed, and, and to start to use this as a feeding site for your kitty. Now, that's going to do two things. It's going to make her less apt to want to urinate there in the future because, you know, cats are tidy animals and we don't want to soil where the food is. Now, ideally, what I would ask you to do is to get two different beds and to provide one of the beds for the kitty and make that kind of her spot um, where she can um, have a very similar um, environment to the dog's bed and, and see if she will claim that and accept that as her own without marking on the dog's spot. The other thing we can do um, is going to be a little bit more challenging is we can we can try to make the environment um, uh, on the on the opposite end of the spectrum we can make the environment around the dog's bed unappealing to the kitty um, so sometimes we can do things like uh, motion activated uh, uh, like compressed air canisters and uh, turning uh, plastic uh, runners upside down around that area um, those kind of things will be useful to keep kitty away, but they may keep your dog away from that as well. So you, you have to kind of keep that, keep that in mind. Um, the other thing that I'd really ask you to do is to pick up, um, some kitty pheromone, um, diffusers. Now these are plug in dispensers that don't give off smells like lilacs and, and vanilla, French vanilla. They're going to give off, um, a, a scent hormone that you cannot detect, but cats can, and it can help kind of calm them. And when we're having some territorial or cat behavior issues. It's something we like to use in the area where the problem is occurring. So in the zone where the dog bed is. Um, And that would definitely be something that I would like to see you try. And then also making sure that the kitty's food is out of dog's reach because we don't want to create any other competitions. Um, If kitty feels like she's got to uh, claim other resources in the house, such as her food, um, sleeping sites, um, all of that kind of stuff, it might make some more um, behavior problems more likely. So get make sure that food is elevated for kitty where the dog can't get to it. Um, and then um, also give her, you know, some other sites where she can kind of perch and look out and look down on her subjects, especially the dog in the household. Because um, cats like to get up high and she'll feel more secure and she'll be less apt to need to feel to mark 
her territory. Um, so that's all we need for cats. You know, a lot of times it's all mental play. It's making them feel and recognize that they are the kings and queens of our house. And as long as everything is cool, or as long as they're the kings and queens, everything is cool. So um, those are some of the ways you can kind of help that happen. Okay. Well, we're going to try. We're going to try everything. So thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for your call. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. When people are shopping for a new home, they usually notice things like crown molding or kitchen cabinets or maybe the view. But in Collierville, Tennessee, a cat stuck on a wall caught the eye of a prospective buyer by meowing and waving his paw out of a small hole. Nina Wingfield from Animal Services was called and was able to free the frantic feline by cutting a larger hole in the wall. She said he had his little paw out waving like he was saying, come on, hurry up. The little rescued cat was happy to get out and get a good meal at the local shelter. Volunteers named him Wally. Get it? Wally? <laughs> Wally's soon going to be looking for a new home of his own. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hey everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say, you, right now, want to take, wait, give me the line again, my brain stick. <laughs> Brett Michaels. And... I just had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, Go don't ahead. do that, say don't that do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead. Animal Radio, Brett Michaels Animal Radio. You've got it. I knew the Animal Radio. Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with our pets. Grab your pets, bring them around the radio, give us a call. Just a few minutes, we're going to check our news with Lori. What do you got? Well, you're a cat guy, Hal. I am. You know, some of us are, are dog people, some are cat people. and I'm a both people. Oh, Love them all. Anything with four legs. So, um, but I'm kind of looking at, at those like you, Hal, who are cat people. Um, <laughs> if you Have you ever wanted to date a cat, Hal? Uh, if he could, he date. would. Yeah, that's, that's a strange question. I, I don't think It so. is a strange question, and, and I have a very strange story coming up about how you can date a cat. Now, in all reality, you did actually dream that you were dating a Rottweiler, didn't you? I remember I you did. telling me that I did. That was story. about probably about 20 years ago. Really? Have any of um, you other ladies had dreams of dating Animals? No, 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 that's okay. no. no. Oh my God! But I love that dog. <laughs> Elway was his name, and when when I would show up, this was my friend's dog. I would show up, and they would say, "Elway, your girlfriend's here," and he would come out with that smile on his face, 
kind of trotting out, you know, that looked like he would, you know, if you didn't know him, you'd think he was going to eat you. He would sleep in my guest bedroom bed with me. I didn't want to say he would sleep with me, but you know what I mean? He sure, was, sure. Um, I love this. And when I had that dream, I was like, wow, I had to process it for a long time. In fact, I don't think I've ever told anybody else. I think you need that. therapy, Lori. I, I'm going to have to say. Now, I, I have to say that I get involved with bosses, um, little girlfriends at school. Because he has a little harem of little girl dogs really? that he, yes, he has like three or four and I have a picture of them all around him. And he like, kind of like, you know, he, he, he's like a little rooster. He like puts his tail <laughs> up high and his shoulders wide and he just loves those little girls. Uh, he is quite the stud, but I do hear that he loves the big girls better. Really? Yeah. He likes big, tall females better. So yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, there, there isn't anything wrong with that. Uh, you know, any way you like them. We love our animals. Maybe just a little too much here at Animal Radio. And if you do, too, this, of course, is your radio show. Uh, let's go to line blue. How about that? Can we just do colors mm, this week? Sure. Blue? Okay. Yeah. We have Pinky on the Hey, Pinky, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I love that name. How'd you get that name? Um, actually, the day I was born, my grandmother gave it to me because I was soaking. <laughs> and I'm 61, and I still have the name. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I have Dr. Debbie right here for you. What's going on with your animal? Well, I have a 14-year-old border collie. She does have hip dysplasia, and she does have advanced um, arthritis. She does get a lot of care. She goes monthly and gets acupuncture, and she gets chiropractic care, and she's on um, Chinese herbs and also other, um, like, glucosamine products and has been since she was about four. Um, but my, what I'm wondering about is if, how much exercise she should get. Okay. Great question. And and you sound like you're tapping into a lot of different uh, modalities to help control pain and how to keep her mobile in her senior years there. So that's, that's wonderful. And the hard thing is that this is a difficult question to answer for every pet as a blanket statement. And my response normally is the amount of exercise we want for a senior pet with arthritis depends on their existing muscle tone and strength and um, also what they can tolerate already. So, for instance, my 13-and-a-half-year-old dog, we usually get out for walks almost every day, um, and that's something that has helped to maintain some muscle mass. If we have a pet that has lost a lot of muscle tone because they can't move their legs as well and they're arthritic and painful, they're not going to have the stamina to withstand to um, more um, lengthy exercise. So for some senior pets of that age, you know, I might just say, hey, just take them to the corner and uh, of the block and, and bring them home. And, and the ways that we determine how much is enough and not too much is really on how well the pet is tolerating it during the activity. So for walking, it's a weight-bearing activity. So, um, you know, weight management is always somewhere in that therapy for dealing with arthritis and how to manage that. So um, we want to just make sure that when we're coming back and returning from our exercise that we're not lagging, we're not dragging feet, and we're not um, breathing excessively um, hard. If we're seeing any of that, then we need to cut things back in the activity. And in my guideline of 30 minutes is, you know, for some old dogs, that is more than enough. And some others, 10 minutes might be more than enough. Um, now, swimming, warmer months of the year, swimming is fabulous. And an older pet, as long as we do this with supervision, they can help to maintain good muscle tone by doing regular swimming activity. And I'm much more apt to get a pet in a water treadmill.
snow um, during the cold months, um, if you have that opportunity at a, a pet um, a rehabilitation facility or uh, some pools actually have that for pets in their uh, daycare facilities and such. Um, so that might be something else that you can do to help maintain that muscle tone without putting a lot of stress on those joints that are you know, already achy and having some problems. Well, it's funny you say that because um, after she did have ACL surgery um, about five, six years ago, afterwards I would put a um, harness on her. We have a big pool, so that's not uh-huh. in-ground pool. Um, I would put a harness on her and a leash, and I would walk around the pool as she'd swim. Um, but I, I just try and do every possible thing I can so that she's not in pain and, mm-hmm. and she's I um, have, she has been raw fed all her life, except for the last couple of years. She hasn't been able to. Her sum, stomach is more sensitive, so I cook for her. Yeah, well, Pinky, you sound like you're definitely attentive mom number one. So I, I applaud you on that. So thank you for your call. We appreciate you calling in to Animal Radio. Thank you very much. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friends' pets also. Give it to them as a present. What a good idea. Fido Friendly Magazine and media sponsor Animal Radio presents the 15th Annual Cross Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66 with help from hotel sponsors Stony Creek Hotels and advocate sponsors Hands On Gloves, Embrace Pet Insurance, and campground sponsor KOA. The tour travels from L.A. to Chicago for six weeks, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events and to raise money for the shelters. Community sponsors Tito's Vodka for Dog People, Susie's Pet Treats, and Brutus Bone Broth also provide prizes attendees can win with their donation to the shelter. In the first 14 years, the tour has helped to place over 18,000 pets into new forever homes. Log on to FidoFriendly.com to see where the tour stops near you. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. Hi, this is Paul Rogers and Cynthia Rogers on Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right, meow. (laughs) (laughs) This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, have you noticed? I know I keep seeing a lot of commercials on TV about, you know, uh, dating sites and like pet lovers looking for other pet lovers and how they want their dog to be included in everything. I love that. Mm-hmm. But... You know, they are included in everything. This is where this story comes in. It's called Perfect Date. It's actually a new visual novel, okay, that is a dating simulator and also a dark British comedy all in one game. It's an online game 
for cat lovers. So, Hal, I know you're a cat lover. Uh-huh. Um, now, if you were to play Perfect Date, which is P-U-R-R-F-E-C-T. Of course. Date. Yeah. Your role would be to play the human who has been hired to conduct research on Cat Island. Now, it turns out that the cats on the island can talk, and they need your help. So here's the twist. There are six cats on this island that you can date. Okay. I said date. <laughs> you can date. <laughs> when I read this, I'm like, this is crazy. But it's a total experience. As one reviewer said, the cat date was not as creepy as she had thought it was going to be. She said it's not sexual, but more about building an intimate relationship. So if you're still interested in Perfect Date, it will be available online this winter. Oh, I can't wait. There's some, there is some new research out that shows if your pet is unwell, it can make you unwell, leading to depression, anxiety, and a poor quality of life. It's pretty much the same problem that was previously found in the human world, known as caregiver burnout. You probably heard about it. They now call it caregiver burden. Researchers at Kent State University in Ohio figured this out. They compared the results of 119 owners of sick pets, dogs or cats, with the same number of owners of healthy pets. And they found that those who had a chronically or terminally ill pet, that they showed greater levels and amounts of caregiver burden compared to those who had a healthy pet. So it's hoped that these findings are going to help veterinarians understand and more effectively handle their clients or pet parents' stress when they are caring for a sick fur baby. And uh, you wouldn't expect a group named cats to be all about dogs. So let me tell you, though, in this case, CATS stands for Canine Airport Therapy Squad, which is a group of therapy dogs. They are stationed at Denver International Airport, and they help to alleviate traveler stress and anxiety. So now, CATS, C-A-T-S, is really getting a cat. Kind of funny. The therapy dogs on this team, and there are a lot of them, are now being joined by the group's first feline therapy cat. Her name is Zelly. She's a 12-pounder, and uh, now Zelly is part of the team of more than 75 dogs. That has to be a pretty well-adjusted cat. Of course, she's a therapy cat. More than 40 different breeds of dogs, by the way, are on this cat's squad. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, this is John O'Hurley. You're listening to Animal Radio. And remember, most importantly, please spay or neuter. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, and uh, we are sampling beverages in the studio. Uh, Dr. Debbie is drinking the kombucha, which I actually did get a sip of because I, I feel like I got, you know, she, said, she speaks highly of it. And so I felt like I should probably try it. I've never and tried it. Are you a fan or no? It's an acquired taste. It it is an it is an acquired taste. I do like the little fizziness thing going on. Yeah, I like it too. Is that seltzer? 
No, it's actually the the fermentation itself that produces um, kind of this bubbliness. Some of them are more so than others. I've had the unfortunate of opening these in my office actually sometimes, and uh, it'll like explode all over. <laughs> See, I have to do it over a sink because the effervescence is so robust. If you kind of move it around and shake it at all, it'll just go crazy. And you say there's maybe a little bit of alcohol in there from the fermentation process? Yeah, there is a small amount. Uh, so there's warnings that, you know, technically, would you show up? positive for an alcohol test, uh, possibly. So if you avoid alcohol because of religious beliefs or pregnancy, you're not supposed to drink it. So It's an excuse for you to drink on the job, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it kind of gives you that feeling that maybe you're, you're doing something good for your health. And hey, I'm off the diet soda, so yes. yeah, yes. give me something. Yes. You know, I do this. salute you for that. And much better than the Pepsi <laughs> one that you used to drink every day. And I'm sure it's better for your teeth and your innards than uh, a soda of any sort. Now, I'm drinking the, uh, I just had a sip of the Burgundy Cat Wine. <laughs> this is from the Pet Winery, and we have the brainchild behind this on with us. Tara Nam is joining us. Hi, Tara. How are you? Or Tara. That's all right. Happens all the time. I'm well. How are you? Very well. So I got to say, the Burgundy is great stuff. It's not for you, Hal. I, well, but I like it. <laughs> It, it has salmon oil and a little organic catnip in there. Sounds healthy. But no alcohol, right? Yep, no alcohol. Just a fun drink for your pet that's completely healthy for them as well. And I'm looking at all, your entire line here, which uh, includes the dog teeny. Uh, oh, by the way, they come in the bottles that look exactly like you would buy them for the adult human uh, beverages. What made you decide to create a cocktail line for animals? Well, it all started with the wines. We actually saw wine for pets and figured, hey, you know what? We already have a lab, and we didn't like some of the other ingredients and the other stuff that was out there. So we came up and formulated our own complete line of wines for pets. And me, being a huge gin dr- gin drinker, I decided, well, come on. They need some martinis, too, and maybe to pop some bottles with some champagne. So the whole pet bar evolved shortly after the wine. Did this idea, was it spurred at all from the gin fest that you had, perhaps? <laughs> Maybe. never know. <laughs> but it's all in good fun, and we see that the pet market, they just want, you know, they're humanizing their pets, just like I do with my cat at home. She's much more part of the family than anything else. So if I'm drinking a glass of wine or a gin and tonic, I might as well have my beloved cat Sadie drink along with me. Who does the taste testing here? Do you use your own cat or do you pull in uh, friends, families, animals? Well, we all taste the products ourselves in the lab. Um, but to make sure the pets like it, yes, we pull from a wide variety of friends' pets and our own pets. Ah, so you could actually say that this product was safely tested on humans before we <laughs> gave it to your pet. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we could. That's a nice switch. Yeah. <laughs> so I see you also have, besides wine, you have some beer for the dogs? Yes, we figured that a man's best friend also needed a brewski to go alongside with them. So for that man's best friend, we came out with Bark Brew in a couple different varieties. I'm just about to crack open the dog wine and and sample it for myself. It has uh, also salmon oil, but it also has organic bacon extract in it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It sounds yummy to me. Uh, We're going to try that on Ladybug, too, after I'm done with it, okay? Okay, you sample it first. I'm going to sample it first. So is there anybody else doing this? We have one competitor that is also doing it. They don't have, um, and they have 
a couple of their own varieties of drinks. However, what's unique about us is that we try to mimic the human beverages in their bottles as much as we can. So all the bottles look different in accordance to what the human beverages are. Where can people get uh, the mar- the dog teenies and the dog wine and the cat wine, all of that? They can come to our site at petwinery.com um, and order directly offline. We ship next business day, which is awesome. So turnaround time is quite quick. Or they can go to our store locator, and we're located in about 120 different stores across the United States. Wow. Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and give away some right now. If you're a, if you're a cat owner, you'll get some of the cat wine. If you're a dog owner, you'll get some of the dog wine and the associated uh, other liquor. Where is the other liquor? I mean, you haven't been drinking it already, have you? I, I have it <laughs> hidden at my desk. <laughs> I, I do. I love the look of it, too. It They're is. just so cute and so appealing. Make a great Christmas gift. or Stocking stuffer. Stocking stuffer, yes. Definitely. Well, Taryn, thank you so much for inventing this and spending time with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I have a great time with our lineup. Okay. Don't forget, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls next. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, this is Loretta Swift, and I'm on Animal Radio. And please don't forget spay and neuter. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Wondering if your dog or cat is stressed out? A Japanese company has developed a patch that purports to measure the stress levels of dogs and cats by detecting excessive sweat secretion. The patch is applied to the center pad of the animal's paw and changes color depending on how sweaty the pet is. The company, which makes a similar patch for humans, says it worked with researchers at Toyama University to study the sweat patterns of dogs and cats, which secrete sweat from their paws. Is it just me, or does this sound a lot like a mood ring? I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people, too. Animal Radio. Oh, what did he say? He said, we're all across the USA. The most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio. 
Let's uh, head on over to the phones. I believe we have Elise on the phones. Hi, Elise. How are you doing? Okay. How are you? Good. You're calling about a ferret. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, We have a ferret about uh, two years now. Don't know how old he was when we got him. And uh, all of a sudden, he just looks like a bag of bones. Uh, He seems happy. He bounces around. He eats like uh, everything. But he's squawning. Very skinny fella, huh? Well, I, Elise, I love ferrets. They're one of my favorite critters to, to see here at the office. So um, I, I just adore them. They're a lot of fun, but they are challenging because they do have some weird things that come up. And um, I know you said everything sounds like it's going along normal, but I'm going to kind of probe a little bit deeper here. You said you've had him two years. About now, what is, he, what, what is he eating? What kind of food are you feeding? Usually the Marshall's ferret food. Or any quality ferret food from the uh, pet store. Okay, good. And as far as when he's running and playing, do you ever see any kind of problems with his mobility? Does he ever seem tired out or weak? I don't see him all the time. He uh, he's in my son's room a hundred percent. But whenever I've seen him, he's just bouncing around, happy, just skinny. Okay. All right. Well, the challenging thing is if I could put my little hands on him right now, there's a couple things that I would be doing. One is in any ferret, but particularly in a younger ferret, if we see them losing weight, we want to feel around and we actually check for the possibility that they might have eaten something that could be causing a problem. And I've seen ferrets eat anything from erasers um, to plastic toys to, gosh, you name it. Um, they are very uh, attracted to some different types of soft, rubbery things. So in a younger ferret, that's losing weight, even if they're not even having outward signs, I'm going to look for some kind of foreign object. And in some cases, they can even develop hairballs to the size of an obstruction, and that can uh, affect their food absorption and uh, you know their ability to eat enough for what they, they need. Now, if I'm looking at an older ferret, there's going to be some other things that I would look at, and they are, um, unfortunately, very prone to some different types of aging diseases, some cancers. Um, some weight loss related issues, I would look at the problem with the pancreas that's called insulinoma. And this is something that I would um, pretty easily check. I would, uh, you know, get him into my office. We would ask him to not eat for maybe four hours, which for a ferret is, you know, a long time because those guys are grazing constantly. Um, but we would check a blood sugar, and that helps to see if we might have a possibility with an insulinoma, which causes low blood sugar readings. And that in ferrets can be something that can cause not only weight loss, but some other signs such as uh, muscle weakness or troubles with the back legs or even some diarrhea. Um, then there's some other types of older diseases, which, you know, not to scare you, but, you know, this is where a good thorough veterinary exam is really important because we also look for types of things like lymphoma, which is a type of a cancer that ferrets somehow just love to get. So those kind of things, I would be putting my fingers on them and feeling and looking, and we might even see about doing, like I said, the blood work or even an x-ray to kind of check those things out. Um, but a skinny ferret is not a healthy ferret, even if on the outside he's telling you that by his actions. So I'd definitely you know, get the little critter checked out and, and see what we can come up with. Okay, so bring him to the vet is what you're saying. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I would say, you know, be alert to those things as far as his appetite, um, making sure that when you feed him, he eats it. Um, watch his bowel movement so you can give a, you know, a kind of educated report as far as like in the last week, this is what he's been doing in his poops. Here's a fresh sample of the poop so the veterinarian can see that. And then um, that, that may help kind of steer the conversation. And then, um, you know, just be prepared. You know, I'd uh, read up a little bit about the insulinoma and the lymphoma because those are really big ferret issues that we do see in the older categories. And, uh, you know, be armed with information. That is the best thing I can tell you because ferrets, they are a lot of fun, but they do kind of have their little eccentricities when it comes to health things. Um, but I got to say, they are the, the best to, to watch. Uh, you probably enjoy watching the antics, uh, I imagine. They're a riot. They're hysterical. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I love all the animals. We have dogs, we have a cat, we have the ferret, you know. We're just, uh, you know, the zoo of Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what we love, people who love animals. So thank you so much for your call, Elise. Okay, it is time for us to get on out of here and try our dog wine or cat wine or dog teenies. Dog beer. Uh, whatever. I think I'm going to invent the kombuchas for pets. For pets. I think that's there a new go. line. Uh, so go walk your dogs. Have a great day and have a great weekend. We'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Got to go my dates here. <laughs> Whoa. This is Animal Radio Network.